All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Herd App Marketings. Now, you've heard us talk about the Herd App Media team and all the reasons we chose to work with them and how far the Hollywood Raw podcast has come in the last few months with much more in the pipeline that we're very excited about. But Herd App Media is only one part of the Herd App organization. Let us say one of the reasons we chose Herd App, it was their reputation as one of the premier search engine optimization agencies out there. Search optimization, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the practice of optimizing your uh, website, podcast, YouTube views, or anything else to be found as high as possible in the Google search results. Herd App Marketing serves the marketing needs of companies of all sizes, from mom and pop shops to S&P 500 corporations. They work with nearly 3,000 business locations in 43 states. And this was the tipping point in the decision for the Hollywood Raw. So we knew that growing Hollywood Raw meant partnering with a media company that also had a full marketing arm. And that's what Herd App Marketing brings to the table. So Herd App Marketing is not just SEO. They are a full service marketing agency with literally every service under one roof. There is nothing outsourced to partners like a lot of the other big agencies do. And we mean everything, social media marketing, web design, content marketing, video production, branding, creative, SEO, SEM, local SEO, all the SC whatevers, they have the team in-house to meet your needs and ours. Yeah, that's why you see our TikTok blowing up. Uh, we are getting ready to launch a whole new website, and they are the power behind the new stories that we found on our website. They literally do it all for us, and they can do the same for you. So if you have a company that needs more customers or know somebody who needs new customers, you know by now that the internet is where you're going to find them. And Herd App Marketing is the company that will get you found more often than your competition online at herdatmarketing.com. That's H U R R D A T marketing.com or give them a call at 877 662 4443. Dax, exciting episode of the podcast today. We have uh, probably the, the poorest person we've ever had on the show. No, we had, we had <laughs> me? one of the coolest. Or no, you. <laughs> no, me. This today I'm like the poorest part of my life. Uh, no, we have. I'm really excited for this show, uh, today's episode, because the person we're having on today is honestly, and I say that very honestly, is one of the best celebrities I've ever met. So down to earth, so normal, so cool, so gracious, so like a man of the people, so low key, uh, so grounded, uh, so rich. Mark, I get your head out of his butt, dude. Uh, dude Jesus. It's true. I meet a lot of people, but honestly, he's incredible. He's, he's, talking, no, about he's talking about Matt. Yeah, yeah. I was like, really starting to be like, dang. Like, that's true. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, today's a really fun episode for me personally because not only are we having Mark Cuban on the podcast today, but we also have my other partner here at Trophy Smack. Matt, who you may know from Shark Tank, and you know we we went on we pitched our our company Trophy Smack on Shark Tank, and so today we were like, you know what, let's do fucking something so different. If we got Cuban, let's do a shark's perspective of being on Shark Tank versus the entrepreneur's perspective of being on Shark Tank, and what it was like play play. during our, our our pitch, the play by play. Exactly. I don't think I've ever heard any other podcast do something like this, and I think it could be really interesting because we've never talked to mark about that like we've never deconstructed the pitch with him 
So, We've thought about it a million times, and he's yeah. probably thought about it zero. But hearing <laughs> his perspective on on some of these big milestones, like yeah. these big pivotal moments, this is going to be. A this is fun. like I got I got my two work husbands together. You guys are meeting. You're not supposed to meet, you guys. You know, when when, when Dax ever does these podcasts in the office, I'm always like outside the door, like how do I like how do how do I get in and talk to Adriana Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna get a billionaire partner and then I'll invite it on. <laughs> so, no, so this is been- fun. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Mark Cuban, Dax and Matt, their company, uh, Trophy Smack, they went on Shark Tank. They made a deal with Mark Cuban. What was the percentage of the money? What was the money he put in? What was the percentage you gave him of the So the deal ended up being $600,000 for 17% of the company. Wow. But we got Mark Mark Cuban! (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty badass. So when you do the deal, you I mean, there's probably tons of paperwork after that, right? Like lawyers involved, like... It, it, yes, it's it's not like hey, we just shake hands and walk off and it all works itself out. No, there there's quite a bit of work afterwards that we had to go through. And Dax I mean, says that well, all the paperwork's on my desk. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm like <laughs> we as in Matt went through all the paperwork. No, it it, it was a long process. It is a, it is a, it is a very long process, and um, you know to do things the right way when you know within that Shark Tank platform there has to be these levels of protection, right? So, you know, we recognize that that process exists for a reason, but it's all, it's all for a very exciting exactly. end, end goal. So Matt, are you nervous about talking to this guy? I mean, Mark Cuban, like we're going to ask him some um, questions or we're, you know, I don't want to feel like, like, have you actually I'm listened to our podcast before? Psyched out of my mind. Like we ask people who's dropping into your DMs and shit. Like, uh, are you a little nervous uh, that Cuban's just going to hang up is, on us? What does DM stand for? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's cool. But before we get to uh, Mark Cuban, we do a really cool thing where we uh, read reviews on this podcast. It's the best thing you do to support this podcast um, because it helps out with the algorithm of the the podcast shit on iTunes and stuff. So all you got to do is leave a review five star only and then just say some nice things about Dax. You could bash me, but Dax is sensitive. He's hey, soft, so be nice to him. As long as so, there's five stars, I'll read whatever the fuck you write. All right? Honestly, it's the best thing you do to support this podcast. It's so easy. Just scroll to the bottom, leave a review. It's the best thing you do to support this podcast. And if you do it, we'll probably read your review on air. Dax, do you have a review today? I do, but you know what? I, I, I drifted off a little bit today uh, because the person left the review on Facebook. But I thought it was a nice review, so I wanted to read it and just okay. give a little shout-out. Shout-out to Deborah Hume. Uh, she said, great content and stories. Love the diversity. I learned something about behind the scenes in Hollywood every podcast. <laughs> that's nice. Listen, love but, the diversity. No, but, by the way, white guys. <laughs> that's my mom. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, I was like, uh, the producer wrote and was like, oh, we got a really nice comment from someone on Facebook. And I was like, oh, let me read. And I'm like, that's my mom, you guys. So for oh, once, we read a, a review by one of our parents who my mom is my mom is our biggest podcast fan. And actually, Adam's dad is the other biggest <laughs> podcast fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So shout out to your mom and my dad for being the two biggest fans. Like, your your mom's putting to work, though, because she also leaves you know, the reviews and the comments on Trubby Smack. So God yeah, bless her. She, she does it all. And I, I don't know. She didn't leave one on Apple, and I think she has an Android phone, so she probably just can't. So thanks, Mom. I'm going to call yeah. my mom after this and ask where are the reviews at. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Slacker. <laughs> Once we start having merch, I think they're going to be in charge of our merch and selling yeah. our merch. So I think we do, we do have fantasy loser tattoos. There I go. Give that to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. Uh, we got, all right, cool. We got so, enough waiting. We got to get him on. Like, he's just sitting here waiting for us. Listen to a yeah, slab yeah, sorry, over sorry. here. Dax, tell us about our guest today. All right. Our guest today is an American billionaire, entrepreneur, television personality, media mogul, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and my newest business partner at Trophy Smack. Thanks to a little show called Shark Tank. Please welcome Mark Cuban. Woo! So, uh, what's up, Mark? How you doing, bud? How y'all doing? I'm good. Good to see you, man. So let's start here. Dax and Matt, you guys recently inked a deal with Mark for your business, Trophy Smack. You know, give me just a quick description of what your business is. In a nutshell, Trophy Smack designs and manufactures the most epic, over-the-top trophies, championship belts, blinged-out rings. I mean, the idea came to be when, you know, we realized – the trophy industry that, that, you know, it's timeless, right? Somehow, some way it's, it's never been disrupted. So for, for all the greatness that exists, how is there not a physical representation of that? So that's what we do. We're crushing it. Making greatness, baby. (laughs) So wait, so Mark, what Uh makes trophy smack better than any other trophy companies out there? Like what, why did you invest in them? They're agile, they're creative, um, they're multi-platform and they hustle. And grind, and so that's what attracted me. Yeah. So, Dax, then how did you guys get on the show? So it was, you know, it's it was honestly we we dreamed about going on Shark Tank for for years. I mean, we've only been in business since 2018, but you know, it is one of those things we wanted to do. It was a bucket list item for Matt, and it was kind of like a connection through a connection that was like, here you could submit an email and see if they're interested, and then it just started going and. I think it honestly ended up from start to finish being about like a year and a half process to get on the show, film, and be done. Yeah, That's fast. That's fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's been in my mind for 12 years. That shit's slow. (laughs) That part of it's slow, I know. (laughs) Mark, does that make you nervous when you see a company that's only been around, you know, they're doing well. They've been around since 2018, but obviously they've saw a hole in the market. Does that make you a little nervous when you invest in a company that's only been around for only since 2018, but you know, no, obviously, with the the ideas behind it, it's the exact opposite because they're just getting started. And I'm getting there early enough to help them accelerate things. Yeah, now that's cool. So it's it's weird because when I was watching the show, you guys were the last segment on on Shark Tank. How long are you actually in front of the sharks for, Dax? You know, did it go by faster? I mean, it flew by. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it, I, I don't know how much of that we can reveal, but we we were on set for more than eight minutes. How about that? Yeah. You know, no, we were we were out there. Those things go on. I, I don't remember how long um, Trophy Smack was, but like the stupid ones take 20 minutes in real time, and the intense ones take up to two hours. We were on more of the intense minutes. time. Yeah, we were on <laughs> the yeah. Side, yeah. It was over 90 minutes. But, but again, it goes by so it was fast. A blink of the eye, yeah. Yeah, because so, you're concentrating so hard, you know, because they got to yeah. listen to five people, not just me or, you know, somebody else. You, you know, they got to keep their ears open. They got to keep it all organized. They got to know who asked what and what's next. And then they got to try you, to be good TV. Exactly. And you want to answer everyone's question. It's a, a, it's a tough room. You don't it feel cool. it in this segment when, you know, the questions are coming from multiple different places, right? I mean, the editing is great, but yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's awesome, but it goes by so fast for the entrepreneur, right. especially. I got to imagine you have seen hundreds and hundreds of pitches over the years, just from Shark Tank. What do you remember about Dax and Matt that made their pitch memorable? Like what made you attracted to it? Well, first of all, the setup, right? Because different different pitches have different levels of setup, and 
And theirs was kind of fun because they had all the trophies. They actually created trophies for each one of us so that there was something for us to connect to. And they gave them to us. Um, and then obviously just because it's sports related. And in reality, I had talked to another company at some point in the past about doing high specialty trophies for fantasy sports. And so when these guys popped on, it's, it's always cool when it's like, oh, I thought that was a good idea before. And now there's a Shark Tank coming, coming on. Because when you just get pitched an idea normally, you don't get the commercial for it, right? It's just you got to start from scratch. But when you come on Shark Tank, you get the benefit of millions of people watching you live and then all the replays that come afterward in DVRs. And it was exciting for me just to, to see what their pitch was. Yeah. So, like, Matt, the night that Shark Tank comes out, did you guys get a ton of clicks on the website? Like, how did the website go? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had agreed with the wives that we weren't going to watch without them. You know, we had yeah. the 8 o'clock Pacific time. You know, they, they had the whole house decked out with Shark Tank. You know, we did want to do a watch party, but with, with the pandemic, it was just, you know, immediate family. So we were still in the office. I mean, we were grinding the last second on the yeah. East Coast airing right before, like, our segment started, we were still finishing, you know, that exit intent pop-up. And, and, and when it aired, it was almost like an analytics party in the office. We had our Google analytics up on, on the TV. Yeah. We're like, 5,000 visitors! 6,000! Guys, we got 8,000! And it was funny because Matt still had the live chat connected to his phone. Oh it was God. like instant 300 messages. And his phone was just blowing. He's like, I, I, I'm trying to watch the show and pay attention. It was, it was, my, my it was crazy. Up. Live chat on the cell phone and everything that just flooded and was insane. So, that but Matt, insane. this was your first time being on TV, right? Were you yes. nervous? Like what was going on through your head? <laughs> I mean, with, with zero hours of experience and this being that like monumental, you know, as an entrepreneur bucket list item, I mean, I remember before the doors opening, Dax grabs me and says, dude, you need to breathe. And I mean, I'm just like, ah! I literally, I was like, I was like, you got this. You have a huge personality. You're fun. You're really smart. You got this. Just relax. Wait, yeah, but no, so, so how many times did you guys, so the producers get you guys to rehearse, right? So you're in a hotel room and how many times did they make you rehearse it before you go out there? Oh, we, we didn't, we did it a thousand times on the way to Vegas. We did it a thousand more times in Vegas. Well, you know, with the pandemic, I mean, we got that extra eight days of, of psychological warfare with just us <laughs> overthinking it. But we had it down where, you know, we're watching, you know, whatever the heck's on TV. And it was Shark fact, Tank reruns, yeah, by Shark the way. <laughs> Non-stop in the hotel room. Yeah. And that commercial break, we had that cadence where we could get the pitch from start to finish during that commercial break. And it was every commercial break, boom, done, done, done. <laughs> yeah, because Adam, I don't think you realize that, you know, we all were we all were quarantined in the Las Vegas Sands. And it's not yeah. bad being in the Las Vegas Sands, but, you know, we couldn't just go hang out at the hotel, go gamble or whatever. Mm. Like, we were stuck in our rooms and I didn't see sunlight for 10 days at a time. There's you guys no probably had the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we but, could see but the worth it. We we <laughs> talked about it, but it was worth it. We would do it again. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting because Mark, I feel like you've had the strategy a lot this season. It's been going on a lot at Shark Tank recently, where you base, you know, you let a lot of the people ask a lot of questions, and you came out with a shot clock. You said, "Guys, here's my offer. You can't listen to everyone else's other offer." Was that strategy? Like, what made you yeah. do that? Because I didn't want me, and I was like, "Okay, we gotta get this <laughs> shit over with." <laughs> 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 
because <laughs> watched you squirm long enough. Uh, right. With, with, yeah, awesome. we watched you squirm long enough. I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh, how many more fucking deals do we have today, right? Da 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 da. da. <laughs> and so I want oh, this awesome. company. Let's just get it over with, because otherwise, you gotta listen to the other sharks talk their shit, and it's just not worth the time. So let's just That's get it so over with. Funny. Yeah, I mean, it just fit your brand. That's like, oh, this is Mark Cuban all over. They just this is, is uh, fun because you know we've never really had this discussion, and I, I like hearing this other side of it. Yeah. We're just this is cool. Awesome. So what was going on ahead with your guys when when Mark put the shot clock on you and said, "Listen, guys, this is it." What was going on through your heads, and how quick was that decision saying yes? Oh God, I mean, we we had again, we had those eight days to think of every clever rebuttal right we thought we were so smart if they say this <laughs> we're gonna say that and then you know as soon as mark went out every single idea was instantly just poof not gone. not only were all the ideas gone but my heart like sank. Oh, yeah. i was like oh my god like this is we, we didn't anticipate that <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. checkmate <laughs> so did you i think Lori seemed like she had some interest in your in your in trophy smack did you guys ever even hear her offer or like off camera or anything? Nope. That's probably one of the most common questions. Like dads on my, on my, you know, kids soccer team. What was Lori's offer? Why didn't you hear it? And I'm like, did you not hear Mark go out? Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Okay. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we have yeah. no idea what her offer was going to be. Do the sharks ever chat afterwards? Like, yeah, it was ever... bullshit. That's what she does. Right. Because she's like, <laughs> Because obviously we know, like, if there's one shark that's a, the best fit, like if it's something to be sold on QVC, you know, Lori is going to be the, the best fit, right? And so when they go out, we know that we can just just come in and just chop on, you know, the entrepreneur and, and really, you know, underprice it. And so that's what you would have done. Oh, that's oh. so that's such gold. Knowing <laughs> that that's how how you guys no, no, I, I, I take yeah. it back. No, I lied. It was going to be two million dollars for three <laughs> percent. <laughs> but Mark, you like obviously you've seen some great ideas over the years. You've seen great products, but you know how much is in the person? You know when you see you know Matt and Dax as your partners, how much do you look at the person and say like, what did you see in them that you said these guys will be able to execute? Because they can have an idea, but if they don't execute. Uh, it's, it means bullshit. It's nothing, you know? Like, right. Well, I mean, guys? obviously in two years, they'd gotten fairly far, right? So it wasn't like they were sitting on their asses and they had done things that were innovative. You know, like I said, they were multimedia, multi-platform. They had created, you know, unique products to fit the market. And because obviously the trophy business, like they said, has been around for a long time, but also, you know, it's a very copy oriented business. Once one company does it, then everybody looks at it and tries to copy it. So you needed to have entrepreneurs that that were not only were grinders, but that were agile, that they were ready to leap. And so all the different things they had put together, the presentation they did, the the way the set was set up in terms of the, the, the throne and all the trophies, you know, that showed me that they had, you know, some marketing chops, um, some sales chops. And that's what got me interested. So, no, that's great. Uh, so. Matt and Dax, how has the company been since you guys left Trophy Smack? Where, where it's do, fucked you know, up. It's gone downhill. <laughs> I've ever it's totally in the yeah. dumpster now. No, it's, yeah. it's honestly, it's been amazing. And like, I, I can't tell you like, Mark, I'm going to kiss your butt right now, but how, <laughs> how like interactive you've been with us and accessible. 
we didn't know what to expect going into this yeah. process. And I think it's, it's very cool how we've been able to reach out to you and any questions we have, you're always there. I think that's really cool. And that's the other question that a lot of people ask us. Yeah. How involved is Mark? And we're like, he's awesome. Expectations like couldn't have been exceeded more. Like I don't know how Mark, I mean, when I think I'm overworked or I'm too busy and I see you respond to an email in four minutes, I'm like, oh dude, <laughs> I got a runaway here. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting outside now just here at Tank Top, right? Because I was sitting in front of the motherfucking computer all day, right? Yeah. And that's all I do is all emails. All, Matt yeah. and Dax, bam, get it over with. You know, shoot it out the door. <laughs> so I needed to come out here and get some sun and get a break. So, Mark, awesome. where do you see this? Where do you see the numbers-wise for Trophy Smack in three years? You know, where do you see this company? I mean, I don't try to project like that, but there's so many applications and there's so many extensions and – you know, I'd say their biggest growth is going to come from digital. You know, we talked about doing NFTs, but there's all kinds of reward systems that you can set up um, that crypto is opening the door for that didn't exist, you know, a year ago, let alone two years ago when they started or two and a half years ago. And so I think, you know, when you play fantasy sports, you just you do it for the juice of it, the fun of it, the excitement of it to beat your boys or girls, for that matter, and, and get bragging rights. And then there's a whole lot of ways beyond just trophies that trophy smack can talk some smack and create bragging rights and i think the combination of those is really where they're going to explode over the next couple of years that's cool. right that's right oh good answer mark <laughs> that's exciting i read those emails they may be long but i read them <laughs> <laughs> i do my best so Dak, so uh, i know you probably have some questions uh let's you know tell me something let's you ask some questions now i've been asking about i was curious what's going on with trophy smack and and mark yeah and no mark. that honestly that was really fun i liked that hearing awesome. the perspective back and forth so thanks for being willing to do that mark that was really cool yeah. you know i i guess when i think of like shark tank and how busy you are when they first approached you for Shark Tank, were you all on? Or I got to imagine that's a huge time commitment. So that might be kind of nerve wracking well, back in the day. This is more than 10 years ago now. So it was probably 2000, 2009, I think, is when they first approached me. And I didn't get on. Um, they picked somebody else. And then uh, after it didn't do so well, they came back to me. And they auditioned me. I literally had to do an audition. Um, and I was so hungover. Um, but I, I, <laughs> Because I'd gone down to L.A. and I got with some of my friends, and um, it was brutal. But it was easy for me. So I went on as a guest shark, and literally the show had not done all that well and was kind of struggling. And I'm thinking, you know what? They want me to be a guest for three episodes. I'm going to go on there and just have a great time. It's network television. You know, it's a unique opportunity, and let's just see what happens. And so when I got on there, I was just raising hell and just buying everything, literally everything. <laughs> and, and, and the sharks were like, what the hell is going on? Um, but then, you know, it, it turned the corner, and they asked me to come on as a full-time shark. And it's been fun ever since. Yeah, I really enjoy doing it. So with the companies you've invested in as a shark, do you have a good batting average, would you say, as them being successful? Yeah, I mean, it, it really takes a normal um, venture capital curve where you've got 10 to 20 percent that just crush it. You know, you sell the company and I've sold a bunch. I've had some that have turned into, you know, high eight figure deals. Um, and then you have some that are just shitty as hell. And, and those are typically <laughs> my earliest ones. And then and you also, you know, you balance that out because there's times when. I'll do a deal because it's the right thing to do to try to help somebody, even though you know it's a long shot. You know, there's just times when, you know, somebody can either use our support or the money or whatever. And you know that there's, you know, when it's all said and done, there's going to be 20 million plus people who have seen it. And 
it's the type of episode that would inspire them. And so, you know, it might not cost, it might cost me even a lot of money sometimes, but, you know, I'll make that deal knowing that it's not necessarily going to be a great investment. So like talking about all these businesses you're part of, I think the biggest thing for, how do you have time? Like really, how do you have time to, to focus on all of these companies and, and do everything that you're doing? I'm good at this shit. <laughs> and, and i have great people who help me i mean you guys deal with john hugh and everybody awesome. right so i've got some really really good people who who deal with a lot of the day-to-day -day blocking and tackling and then i just have to answer the questions and deal with any problems and i've been doing it you know long enough that you know there's not a whole lot that surprises me okay but so looking back on your empire what was the best financial advice anyone ever gave you? Sales cures all. Yeah, okay. amen. I like yeah, it. Absolutely. Never been a company to succeed without selling. Um, if you can sell, you always have a job. If you can sell and it's your company, your company always has got a chance. You know, the companies that have been the biggest disasters that I worked with even before I started companies were always the ones where the CEO didn't sell. And I learned point blank right there that, you know, Every company that I've been that I've been involved with as an employee or otherwise, where the CEO wasn't the best salesperson, at least in terms of being hyped, doesn't necessarily have to be the one closing the deals. But at the beginning, when you're getting started, if the CEO isn't the best salesperson, the company's got no chance. I'm feeling hyped right I was now, like, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's a good time. Yeah. Good thing you invest in Trophy Smack. Matt is yeah. our biggest hype man. On right? that note, Adam, you you had said earlier about um, like you know how many clicks were on the website. I would say the biggest thing for me being, you know, a consummate salesperson really since the day I was born is that shark tank effect and the, yeah. the, the psychological impact as a salesperson. Like I'm so used to knocking on doors and I'll never stop knocking, but having those doors open and someone come out and say, Hey, you're on shark tank like that. That's the biggest shark tank effect. For do you guys, do you guys get recognized at all? Did anybody recognize you from being on the show? A little bit. I mean, Dax. Da I would say not, not necessarily from Shark Tank. John Bajuice the other day, my kids were like, Daddy, they're, they keep looking at us. I'm like, Trophy Smack! Yeah, baby, who won the trophy? Who's in the fantasy league? That's so great. Mark, you mentioned NFTs. Uh, that's a huge word during the past year. Everyone's talking about the, the NFTs. What about it makes you so passionate? And do you really think they're going to stick around? Like they're going to hold their value? Yeah. Well, of course, they're going to stick around. I mean, because NFTs are just smart contracts on Ethereum or other blockchains. And so there's so many things you can do with them. And the collectible side is just one of them. Like I just invested in a company today um, that does insurance um, using NFTs. And what that means is, like, let's just say, as an example, for the Mavericks, um, I wanted to buy insurance that says if the temperature drops below 20 degrees and there's four inches of precipitation, meaning we got it got cold and there's four inches of snow. I can buy a contract that pays me X amount of dollars and costs me Y amount of dollars. And all that's handled as part of an NFT. Now it's a different application than a collectibles application, um, but that's what NFTs can be. Um, and collectibles really are just a proof of concept. So NFTs are gonna be around forever. In terms of collectibles, it's been kind of a, a different, difficult market because three months ago, two months ago, there were more buyers than there were collectibles, you know, than there were products or, or NFTs. Now, everybody saw the dollars that were coming in. Now, since anything that's digital can be turned in, minted into an NFT, 
you know, there's more, there's more um, NFTs than there are buyers. So you're seeing prices drop a lot, um, except for really collectible items like CryptoPunks. And that just means it's turning into a normal collector's market for the, the things most people see. You know, just like baseball cards, when Tops printed too many, all the prices drop. Yeah. You know, when well, same thing. So what what's your most valuable NFT? I have a CryptoPunk. Um, I've got a Luka Doncic pin. Um, nice. I've got, you know, uh, the best way to do it, go to uh, lazy.com slash mcuban. Lazy.com slash mcuban. And you see all my, no, not all, but most of my NFTs right there. Cool. So, that's very cool. And that's actually a business I created with one of my programmers. We did, we took about a week and we, because there was no way to show off your own NFTs, right? You had to go through all these, jump through all these hoops and show them in all these different marketplaces. And so I was like, okay, let's just create one where you just start an account on lazy.com. You connect your wallet. It sees all the NFTs in there. It shows them. And if you want to sell them, you can sell them. And within three weeks of launching, we we're up past 250,000 users. So it's been wow. really cool. Yeah. So it's a hot area for sure. That's cool. I, That's I have a real, cool. real quick question on that. So I've, I've been fascinated. I've been watching Mark, you know, your, your involvement in this. And I, I am curious, like, when is just the decentralized world? When is, when is that going to have its browser moment, if you will? Like, you don't need to know how the internet works to use the internet. And right. obviously there's been a lot of acceleration in the last year, but when, when is someone like, like Dax going to be able to good example? To, <laughs> join this, this new decentralized uh, frontier. Well, it's, I mean, you're seeing it some already, like people are using Dogecoin to buy Mavs merchandise, you know, yeah. and, and you're seeing, you saw it with Wall Street Bets, you're seeing it with Dogecoin and what's happening there. But I say when it really starts to take off is when business applications, like this is it's an um, insurance thing I just told you about. Insurance isn't yeah. a big deal um, when you're just using it for temperature, right? But if it's your health insurance, and instead of having to convince the your health insurance company to give you your money back, all that money you paid in premium, so you can go get you know something, go get your your foot fixed or whatever, what you'll see happening is a distributed version of it, where you'll have all these validators who um, anonymously decide whether or not your your claim should be paid or not, as opposed to somebody sitting at a desk in a big insurance company who you know is just trying to fuck you because that's what the, the insurance company is telling them to do. <laughs> And so that decentralization is going to change insurance. It's going to change banking. You know, there's right now, like if you own some Ethereum or if you own some Bitcoin, um, you can do, use this stuff called DeFi, decentralized finance, which allows you to be a bank. You know, you can lend money and make more than you do on your, on your savings account. You can borrow money and do it in minutes instead of going through all the hassle of going through a bank. So all this decentralization is going to have a huge, huge impact you know, I was around in the early days of the internet and people are like, streaming, are you fucking kidding me? You know, <laughs> I'll just turn on my TV. What the hell? Because back then, you know, you want an analogy. When we started AudioNet, which was like the first streaming company, you had to have a PC with a, a 56K modem. You had to have a dial-up connection. You have to have a dial-up ISP. Then you had to download a TCP IP client. Then you had to download a media player. Then you had to go to the website and find your content and click on a batch file. Then you had to hope all that shit worked. That's just to listen to the Chicago Cubs game or whatever, right? Or a Mavs yeah. game. And it was difficult. And, you know, then it just got easier and easier and easier, just like all this stuff will. Yeah. So that's- I was 
you know, I'm in New York right now. The other day, I saw Elon Musk on the street, and I interviewed him. I talked to him on the street. Chaotic. Everyone's Elon. going crazy for him. Yep. You know, Elon. So then all of a sudden, as he's going into the car, someone screams at him, hey, Elon, tweet about Doge. You know, like they want him to just put something about Doge so the price goes up. Do you? What are your thoughts on this whole Elon tweeting about Dogecoin and like the value keep going up? Is it is it scary? Is it safe? Is it okay? Not, look, I used to go on CNBC and talk about different stocks that I own, and I could watch it. I could watch the ticker, like you go in the studio or whatever, and you can watch the ticker. And as I was talking about stocks, the price would go, and then if I ripped the stock, it would go, it's no different. It's the exact same thing. And so, you know, just the bigger the platform you have and the more target rich the audience, you know, the more you're going to have an impact on on pricing. And to this day, you know, put aside Elon, you know, somebody goes on CNBC to talk about a company they're investing in or whatever. It's the same thing happens or, you know, but what's better is now you have people who typically aren't in the stock market buying Dogecoin or maybe they, were, they bought GameStop, hopefully at the beginning of it, right? And then they go <laughs> to Wall Street. is not closed. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> to the moon, baby. And then, That's you know, right. but they go on it's Wall Street not. bets and there's a lot of people talking about it. And so that, that there's power and knowledge in numbers like that. And it's the same with Dogecoin. Look, like when I bought it with my kid, it was under a penny and you buy $30 worth, right? And then it was a nickel and we sold it. But, um, <laughs> but then we bought more at seven cents and 30 yeah. cents. And so he's happy to the now. moon, to the moon, baby. But oh, it just really shows funny. you, you know, the, the moral of the story is supply and demand is undefeated. When yeah. you have more demand than you have supply, the price is going up. And what's interesting about Doja, Dogecoin, I call it Doja um, for Doja Cap, <laughs> but, um, but that, that I didn't know when I first started talking about it, there's a finite number of new Dogecoin printed um, or minted each and every year. So it's 5.2 billion. That seems like a lot, particularly when, you know, if they get up to a dollar each, but as a percentage of the total circulation, that means it's a declining percentage of inflation. So when people yeah. start using this as currency, buy Mavs gear at Mavs.com, that's Mavs, M-A-V-S.com, <laughs> uh, then, then it actually is, becomes a decent currency. And it's not nearly as volatile as some others. Um, and so it, it actually can have some staying power if people use it for transactions. If they just hodl it and just hope it goes up and nobody uses it for transactions, it's just one more crypto token and, you know, and just supply and demand will define what happens. Yeah. So mentioning the Mavs, um, I mean, opening up the Mavs store for, for Doge is, is awesome and it pushes things forward. I've always been curious, right? I think of like investing in a sports team, you've got, you've got the bucket of, hey, this is just awesome and fun to do. And then you've got the bucket of, you know, what's my rate of return, um, you know, with your portfolio of companies, how does this, how does the Mavs kind of like, measure up on an ROI side. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's, I didn't know, even care. Discovery. Right. That's not why I yeah, bought it. That's, that's why that's what yeah. I was assuming, but. <laughs> but, but I paid, we paid 285 million and it's been valued at like 2.5 billion. It's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Decent, decent ROI. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So cool. Uh, well, uh, is it personal for you? Is it hard for you? Because you have such a good relationship with your players. When when someone gets traded, you know, is it hard it's for really you to hard. kind of, you know, how do you deal with that? Because I got to, I'm not good, good at person it. in your yeah. soul. Like, how do you deal with that? 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It hurts. But, you know, I, I tell myself it's like they're getting transferred to another office in the same country company. Oh, yeah, we're trading you. I mean, we're just transferring you to Sacramento. Yeah, you're going to the Sacramento office or you're going to the New York office or whatever. <laughs> um, that's what I tell myself. But, yeah, it's not easy because, you know, just like if you got transferred at work, um, you've got to uproot your family and deal with all the hassles and everything. And so, you know, when someone leaves, it, it's or just having to tell them is not easy. So you think uh, Luca's going to be a lifetime Mav? You damn well better be. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Is your plan to own more sports teams? No, no. I looked at it a few years back, but um, that's when my kids were just like infants and it seemed reasonable. But now they're 11, 14 and 17 and I'd rather spend time with them. So I don't see that happening. And plus, it's just so emotionally draining. Winning is fun, but losing is just so much more painful, you know, and over the course of the season, it, you know, it's just me for me. Some people don't care. I do. You know, it used to take me two days to get over a loss. Now it's just, you know, about eight hours. But that's eight painful hours, and you know it's just it's brutal. You know, so, and I, I was gonna say ahead, I Adam. see Mark all the time in New York. You know, I see him a lot in New York, and I've seen him out other places. He's one of the most grounded guys. Here's a big star, worth a lot, but just a you know huge star. But he's always he's always by himself. He's not a big entourage. You know, not even a fancy car when he gets drives around New York City at least. What about you? Like, is that how you just like to be? Or like, just yeah. no big people, no, no, no big group around you? That's the way I was when nobody knew who I was and I was broke, you know, and my bank account wasn't a reason to change. And, you know, I still got my same friends from growing up in Pittsburgh, my same college buddies, my same Dallas buddies, you know. Um, why change? You know, and I, that's not to say I didn't look at it and say, well, you know, and it actually comes from your friends. When you first get paid, it's like they expect you to change, you know. And they expect you to be different. And, you know, and you, I do have all the bills all the time, but, you know, it, it, it's still the same. We still tell the same stupid ass jokes. It's still, it's still <laughs> tell the same stupid stories. And that just keeps, keeps you grounded. And, and it, was, it was just more fun not to change than to try to be somebody hoity toity and to pretend, pretend to be something I'm not. So great. Mark, awesome. you were you were a little bit outspoken when it comes to politics. Do you think you'll ever run for any no. kind of political office? No, those days are gone. No, no chance. It's just so it, it's just so brutal. You know, there's just no yeah. reason to put myself out there, particularly with three kids. If I was single, maybe just to fuck with people, but with kids, they have to <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we brought up Elon's name earlier. Have you guys met? Like, what's your thoughts on Elon? I love Elon, man. He's a he's he's a superstar. We've talked on the phone a couple of times, texted, texted a few times, but aren't close or anything like that. Um, but I like him. I mean, he's he's one of those guys. He invents shit, and you go, "Why didn't I think of that?" Or how the fuck did he pull that <laughs> off? And he gets it done. And so that's something I respect. Right. We're getting a trophy smack wrapped cyber truck when it comes out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. There you go. Yeah. I love it. So All right. You, so I know we're running out of time here. Uh, so we want to get you off quickly. We do something on our podcast. It's called the speed round. We yep. just go rapid fire questions. Quick, quick, quick. You down for that? Fire away. All right, Adam, you start. All right. The most money you won in a night of gambling. 175,000, I think. Nice. What about the most money you've lost gambling? Probably 30 grand. Cause I know when, you know, I'm getting, if I'm just not happening, I just get up and leave. <laughs> nice. Uh, favorite trip you ever took your family on? 
Um, Caymans, Cayman Islands. Okay. Best guest shark on Shark Tank. Bethany Frankel. Really interesting. Oh. Yeah. All right. Who's the Who's the cheapest shark? Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Robert. Between Damon and Robert. All right. When was the last time you used coupons on something? Um, I use honey all the time, so that counts. Okay. All right. Generally at dinner, you're at dinner, good service. How much do you tip? What percentage? Um, anywhere from 50 to 100% or more if it's, if it's, you know, or if it's a small bill, you know, 200. Like if I've got a $20 and I've got two 20s with me, I'll give them 40 or whatever. Um, I'll typically, you know, or if I have a hundred dollar bill, I'll leave a hundred. But during the pandemic, I've, you know, I've upped it. I tried to tip a whole lot more now. That's awesome. I love That's hearing awesome. that. Who who would be your dream guest shark? I don't know. Um, Elon or Warren Buffett um, or yeah. Ben Affleck. I think Ben Affleck would be a good guest shark. Really? Yeah. Why like do you ben. say? I just so... he's just smart. I like Ben. He's smarter than people give him credit for. All right. Okay. Uh, something left to do on your bucket list. Dunk again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who? Give me a celebrity home that like who has the most unique home out there? I don't know. I don't go to a lot of celebrity homes. Um, the guy Dirk, um, where he used to live, their next door neighbor had a water park in their backyard. So that was kind of funky. Oh, that's um, cool. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big, hey, let's go check out this house and see how cool it is. I, I don't even like to check out my house, you know? <laughs> so let me ask you, what's the coolest thing in your home? The one thing you're like, man, I had to make this. It's just something pretty cool, badass. I got a heated toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. So, but is it weird because if you sit down, it feels like someone was just on it? No, no, no. It's the best thing ever. I'm like, <laughs> eat, eat, eat hotter, hotter, hotter. You know? <laughs> That's cold, so great. When it's cold, there's nothing better. Are you kidding me? Nothing <laughs> All right. Biggest name in your phone. Yeah, I won't go there, but you know, there's a lot. I yeah. can imagine. Okay. Uh, last person that left you starstruck. That's a great question. I think I was a little starstruck with Jerry Seinfeld. I was on the Tonight Show with him, um, and Robin Williams also as well. Um, and I think those two guys were were the ones I was starstruck with because I was trying really hard to strike up a conversation with Jerry, and he was easygoing and talking like they were best friends. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, fuck. You know? <laughs> I, I saw David Letterman the other night, and I my mouth dropped. I was like, this guy, you never see him around. He's reclusive. That was a pretty cool spotting the other night. Does he still look like uh, the Unabomber? Oh, yeah. <laughs> still fully bearded, the whole thing. Uh, what's your favorite food? Um, Alyssa's Cookies. Um, that and cold pizza. I'm not a big foodie at all. Well, you know, I just throw shit together. Yeah. What's the one food that everyone loves but you can't get into? Olives. I fucking hate olives. <laughs> hate olives. You and Matt My favorite the same food, food is pizza, and the one thing I can't eat is olives. Man, it was just meant to be. I, I tell you what. I, I hate, love olives. I hate, That's so funny. Hate olives. Yeah, dude, that's the only topping like 
even if you peel them off, it still just bleeds in. Get it. Can't do get it. it. Yeah. I know there's that there's that taste and you just hit it and you go, oh can't do it. it. Never, so never always. Well, <laughs> Mark, thank you. Matt, thank yeah, you guys for both joining us on the podcast today. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I loved learning just more about you today, uh, Mark. So that was really cool. And uh, any last words to Mark before we hop off, guys? Trophy smack, make a lot of money. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Stop podcasting and make yes. me some fucking <laughs> yeah. money. To back, to work. Work. back to work, back to work, back to work. To the moon, trophy smack to the moon. I love it. We're building a trophy there, baby. There uh, go. Man. All right, guys. All right, appreciate Mark. it. Thanks yeah, a lot, Mark. So, guys, it was nice to talk to your boss, huh? <laughs> Actually, this is the boss right here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, how'd that feel for you guys? You know, you guys obviously are in business with Trophy Smack and Mark Cuban. Was that kind of an interesting conversation? Have you guys had, had those kind of open dialogue with him? I mean, you know, working with him and his cadence and how fast he responds in email, I mean, we certainly get uh, an aspect of that vibe, but hearing how laid back he is, I mean, Every time he answered a question, it's like, dude, we picked the right shot. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> it was it, it was fun. You know, it's like a lot of our conversations are obviously about the company and about things that we're doing. So like Matt said, it's like we haven't sat down and had a beer with him, but I feel like that was kind of the same thing. Just shit yeah. talk, we have fun. Right now. That's we do we need beers. <laughs> we need to get yeah. off this and have some beer. Are you nervous about like obviously that was a long conversation? Are you nervous that you're gonna piss him off? I mean, it is Mark Cuban, like, and it's like your boss. So it's like, Dax, we always want to have these fun interactions and interviews, but yet again, it's like, hey, I'm in business with this guy. Like, I want you know, but yeah, I guess I, 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 I don't know. He was, he was, he was just having a good time, yeah. so I wasn't it's, too concerned. Was he intimidating? Because he did put you guys on the spot. Were you intimidated by? But him? I feel like all of them are intimidating. Like when you're when you're standing in front of all of them and they're all staring at you, that's a fucking intimidating feeling. So I didn't feel it more yeah. from him than anyone else. Damon's stare, I think, was so intense, intense and laser glaring that we felt that more. And then once once we got into the rhythm and and you know Mark engaged and, and chimed in, then it was you know it was fun and free flowing. Yeah. So Matt, let me ask you this. Now that you talk to him, how involved, like, I mean, Dax, me and you have spoken, but like the thing that surprised me, Dax, when you told me that Mark is very involved, Matt, have you, how is it working with him and his company? Like, do you see how involved he is on the Shark Tank products that he invests in? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, my expectations going into this is he's got 200 portfolio companies, right? This is going to make a difference in these big, big moments, but I mean, we're communicating in the, the, like we said, you know, email response time is within minutes. He's emailing me on Saturday morning with an intro to, you know, a CEO of, of a company. So, um, you know, we couldn't be happier with that. And, you know, expectations exceeded. That's awesome. Well, listen, you guys are, uh, that was pretty cool. That was a great interview. Very fun. Very cool to talk to him. Uh, you could find more about Trophy Smack. Uh, at trophysmack.com, you know, they were on Shark Tank, Dex, and Matt, and the product is awesome. You know, you got to check out their stuff. They have the craziest <laughs> trophies out there. It's pretty insane. They're the, the type well, of trophies can, they have. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see them all behind us. If you're listening yeah, on Apple belts. or uh, Spotify or any of that, come to YouTube and you, you can see all the cool Six stuff. Six pounds us. of custom forged <laughs> metal championship belts. We even have so, participation ribbons. So even if you're in the middle and you didn't do shit, we got that for you. In other words, you Terrible. suck at fantasy football. <laughs> Check out trophysmack.com. You can find me at Adam Glenn. We have a video portion of this podcast on uh, 
on YouTube. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, you can check out Dax Holt at Dax Holt, and we'll see you guys next time. Ahora Media Production.